Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. And voulez-vous coucher avec moi to me and my co-host, Ian. And we're back with another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. We are on episode 70. And uh, I mean, what's that you hear? That was a little bit of French because we are at the French Grand Prix this weekend. Ian, um, I think there's been quite a bit of headlines that have come in over the weekend, but um, I think just a personal question. How you been? It's in the dog days of summer. I'm happy to be kind of in this race every weekend or every other weekend time before we hit the summer break. So yeah, nothing to complain about. I know there's some negative Nancys online that are going to be complaining about how Paul Ricard isn't necessarily the most exciting track or hasn't been in the past. But you know, I think with these new regulations, it's going to be exciting. We've seen already that in, uh, in some other tracks that are notorious for not great racing in the past. So I'm optimistic. I'm excited. And uh, yeah, ready to inject Formula One into my veins up until this summer break. Uh, I would fully agree. Uh, kind of looking into some of the small adjustments that they've made at the track with, like you said, these new cars coming in. I think we're going to have a good time. I'm going to have a very positive attitude on this. And uh, to talk more about this episode of the podcast, we have our recent headlines to catch everyone up these past few weeks, our grand preview of the Paul Ricard, and our race predictions. So let's get right into it with our recent headlines. Our first headline of the day, we have uh, move over Lewis, Big Dick Nick, sitting in the cockpit for four for FP1. So uh, Nick DeVries is potential Lewis replacement coming in, uh, driving for the Silver silver Arrows for FP1 this weekend. This That's exciting. Big Dick Nick, I think, is a nickname that should absolutely stick, and we will give credit to Marco for that yeah, one. Yeah, I think how I think he would be an innocent favorite for all of Formula 1 if for the rest of, like, he joins Formula 1 and he puts one of those uh, ball sacks on the back of the car that just kind of drag. <laughs> Truck yeah, nuts. Yeah, 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 Chuck Nuts, and he's a big Nick Nick right there. I would absolutely, I mean, I would, I would buy every Nick DeVries memorabilia possible if that was the case. Like the <laughs> Truck Nuts the, on the back of a Yeah, maybe the point one point two um, like second of speed that he loses will make up for in millions of dollars. Yeah, and confidence probably, dude. Imagine driving without Truck Nuts on your car when someone else in Formula One is driving with them. Yeah. Like that's that's a confidence killer. Yeah, the, uh, a car right behind him is like trying to pass him, and he's like, "Oh, he's got the he's got his balls on the front on, on the front of my car." For some reason, every time a driver sees balls in his window, he makes a mistake, <laughs> and then Nick just passes him. Oh, what a legend! Uh, all right, moving right along. Speaking of Mercedes, though, many people are saying so. Obviously, we've seen this entire season. Ferrari, Red Bull, one two, fighting it off. Mercedes, kind of that distant third. But a lot of people this weekend thinks that um, Mercedes actually has a chance to compete with the other two. So this track, along as what we saw at Silverstone last week, uh, just like bode very, very well for the Mercedes. It's a smooth circuit. It has high grip and high degrade and high degradation. So all three things that would benefit Mercedes compared to battling with the other two. So hopefully we see this. We see kind of the, this three-team battle uh, kind of Alpine at the very end as well. Uh, so like bringing the, the class together. So I think these two courses, or these two circuits, uh, Silverstone last week and uh, the Paul Ricard circuit this week bode well for Mercedes. I think we're going to have a, a very strong weekend for the Silverados. On top of they've they brought a bunch of upgrades last last time around, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I just didn't think they really got to totally showcase them since both Mercedes binned it uh, during qualifying. But 
um, yeah, I think like I'm I'm excited. You'll you'll see in my race predictions later on that I'm pretty bullish on these Merc boys right now. All right, good thing that I have time to change mine. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, don't stop now. We are gonna continue talking about Mercedes because why not? Uh, obviously, Let's we go. said Mercedes is gonna look pretty well this weekend, but uh, if you ask Total Wolf, he thinks that. Races will not be as entertaining with this large performance gaps between teams. Uh, I, the second I saw this headline, I was like, oh, Onion article for Formula One. This is very cool because over the past seven, eight years, we have seen the largest performance gap between Mercedes and the rest of the field. So uh, I think the one time that Mercedes is starting to show like they're not the top dog, Toto's like, oh, this is terrible racing. Yeah, absolute joke if they're going to act like, yeah, you know, all this uh, competition up front without Mercedes is going to get people bored. It's like, no, this is probably the most exciting the front has been in, like, I don't know, six, like, five, six years. Yeah, I would so, say outside of last yeah, year, probably, I, right? I guess, yeah, but, like, even that, there were so many races where it was just, like, you know, Hamilton right, the quality of the races himself, right, yeah. Or, like, Mac, exactly, yeah, Max, yeah. Max just blowing him out, you know, these back and forth, like, major major punches between both teams yeah the entertainment level has been like off the charts this season so i think maybe it was a poor choice of words but overall like yeah you do do better than that <laughs> yeah yeah know know your uh, target and know that people actually watch the sport and and can tell that this is just a ridiculous statement from a mercedes <laughs> from anyone from mercedes <laughs> Uh, moving along, getting off the Mercedes train, we have uh, just you know something to look out for uh, these coming days. Carlos Sainz could face an engine penalty this weekend, so um, you know if Ferrari couldn't get enough bad luck with uh, you know obviously the race engineers doing their own thing, the car troubles with his car catching almost entirely on fire, uh, that might be boding uh, difficulties for him this weekend, and potentially could see him starting at the back of the grid. Uh, depending on kind of yeah how a, a couple things play out sneaky one of the better rules i think like it's one that you don't see all the time with like a, especially with a specific driver but like when you get these penalties where someone's going to start from the back of the grid and it's like yeah he is going to first of all zoom <laughs> at the start like definitely like just blow by everybody at the very beginning and just like make his way through the order that's like automatically it's like a cheat code for having a good race being absolutely positive that there's somebody that's going to have, you know, uh, an absolute, like, banger of a race. Yeah, so I'm excited for him to see uh, to see what he can Yeah, do. it always brings, like, a completely different perspective to the race where, yeah, you have someone that is just super strong in the back that you can always, like, you're not fully focused on just, you know, the top ten, top five drivers of, hey, you know, oh, if it's, if it's cool of uh, a Haas that passes uh, – an alpha like alpha romeo oh okay that's like that's kind of interesting but yeah once you see someone that is like needing to move and move quickly throughout the the back of the field it is uh, yeah very entertaining moving right along we have i, I think this is I, I would officially say that silly season is upon us we have just rumors about yep. sebastian vettel i think he's kind of the big talk of the town of where he's gonna land we've always been talking does he want to keep driving it seems like at least for the foreseeable future he does he also says that he does want to continue with Aston Martin despite a lot of rumors circling around the McLaren train. And I know um, as a as my co-host, uh, being a McLaren fan, he would uh, he would be hugely uh, for for that proposition. But it seems like he's trying to at least nix these rumors. But I mean, just like silly season in, in years before, we've seen a lot of drivers, a lot of 
principals saying, oh, these rumors, they're just rumors, nothing to worry about. And then, boom, the next week it's like, hey, actually, you know, something, uh, a material change happened in the past week. And now these rumors are true and I'm moving. Yeah, I'm excited to see who all is lying through this because, honestly, I feel like Vettel is at the perfect time in his career to be like, yeah, I'm going to throw in the towel and retire. Um, I feel like Danny and McLaren are kind of putting on a little bit of a front here. Um, so, yeah, where wherever he ends up, I I mean, I am I would hope it's just at home with his kiddos and saving the bees and saving the environment and all that shit. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I guess... I don't know. I would take him. Do you think if, let me put you in, like, I mean, we've already seen him at Ferrari. He didn't do, you know, as much as was expected. But if, if the rumor came about that we're like, hey, we want to give it another go running uh, Vettel back with Ferrari, how would you feel? Um, relative to, I guess I don't know what type of op- options are out there, but if it's comparing him and Danny, I think you guys are just automatically a much, much stronger team. I mean, like, Vettel is one of the most technical drivers to ever grace Formula One. So I think just, like, having him in what looks to be a much, much better car than Aston Martin that – and I'm curious what the the points difference between Vettel and uh, Danny are. I'm sure Danny is doing a little bit better than than him, but I'm sure not by, like, the quality of the car difference. So, yeah, I mean, if I were you and those were my two options, I would put everything I can to get Seb over Danny. Yeah, well, we can give it a go, um, always, of course. And speaking of go, South Africa is officially a go for the 2023 season. So we will be racing in, uh, I believe it's Kialami, uh, is nailed how you it, pronounce exactly. that? Yep. Kialami or Kialami mm-hmm. down in South Africa. Fucking nailed it, no matter how I uh, how bad I got it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about that circuit at all, so I think like just based off of what I hear on the internet, people are very excited to have that back on the calendar. So if they're excited, I'm excited, and I'm also excited for Keanu Reeves, baby. He will host his own F1 documentary series for Disney+. Plus. Uh, the as-yet-untitled four-part docuseries will reportedly focus on Formula One managing director Ross Braun, who in 2009 brought the Honda team, renamed it Braun GP, and took it to two unprecedented championship victories. So yeah, I am very, very excited for this one, mostly because it's uh, you know it's anything to do with F1 content. Secondly, because it's Keanu Reeves, and also because like I I wasn't watching uh, when I, you know 2009, so I don't know like a whole lot about that. Like when Jensen Button mm-hmm. won. Uh, one Formula One, so I'm excited to, to kind of see that. I guess it should just be like Keanu Reeves interviewing people, which is an awesome format for any kind of content. Yeah, I was, I didn't look too much into it, and so I'm very curious how how this is gonna like display. And I hopefully they t- try to change it up compared to Drive to Survive to, you know, just like change how Formula One is presented to the audiences. But uh, yeah, very curious if if as much FaceTime as you can get Keanu, maybe like kind of that joking Keanu, um, back into the like back in the mix and, and making this a Keanu plus Formula One kind of mashup. I mean, like uh, just sign me up. Exactly. Like that sounds superb. And yeah, we haven't really had like docu-series regarding like previous Formula Ones, like you stated. It's always been, you know, the year prior. So yeah, just to, like get right. a different twist, see kind of how the like the behind the garage looks back then to what it kind of looks like now. Yeah, God bless Keanu Reeves, and hopefully this is as exciting and as quality as I'm making it out to be in my head, because I will be very let down if not. Um, And speaking of let down, 
Max Verstappen, Alex Palou, and some other driver who I didn't recognize, so I didn't put him on here, were let down when the ESPY award for best driver was awarded to Kyle Larson, who was a stock car NASCAR driver. Um, thoughts on this? Any, you know, I know you watch a ton of NASCAR mm-hmm. uh, being done in Tennessee. Um, how did you think that he, you know, how did you think that that win was deserved? Or not? Yeah, I mean, if you listen to my NASCAR podcast, uh, you would hear that I was a huge proponent of old Kyle. Uh, to be honest, though, I, I think it was uh, kind of rid- ridiculous. Obviously, uh, huge, huge bias on the Formula One side. But if you're gonna have Max come down to where like the the driver championship is tied at the last race of the season against a seven-time world champion, potentially the greatest Formula One driver ever, and him pass it up and and win in the final lap. I don't see how he doesn't become the the, the best driver of that year. But um, yeah, I would like to see. I would like to have someone on here as a Kyle as a Kyle Larson defender and just get an understanding of their perspective of why he deserved it rather than a Max. Yeah, agreed. So uh, I mean, I was looking at other SP because obviously SPs are just like a made up award that don't really they super subjective. Just like any award show, it doesn't really matter that much. I think, but uh, yeah, I saw you know saw Lewis won twice. Um, there were a lot of NASCAR drivers, Schumacher won twice, and then Nigel Mansell won twice. And so I feel like like at the times of their career that they won, it makes sense for Max to be like, like I think you'll probably get it next sure. year. Like next SBs are the ones after, just judging by like, looks like they want to see somebody win and then say, like have some sustained success before they um, give the all-important SB award for best driver. But uh, yeah, Max will have to wait another year. Um, and... <laughs> I don't have a transition for this one, but this fucking headline made me laugh, man. It was, uh, so F1 announces plans to become more strict about fans taking signage from the track. Um, we were at the U.S. Grand Prix in Austin, Texas, got onto the track after the race had concluded, and that was a lot of fun. But, you know, I didn't even, didn't even cross my mind to be like, all right, this is such a cool experience. See this Heineken sign? I'm going to take it home as a souvenir. Like, how do you get that back? How do you, what do you do with that when you have it back? Where does it go? Yeah, um, I think the only thing we were focused on was the nerves of us putting our own signs on the track. We had our own little eating asphalt <laughs> stickers that we were like, oh, my God, we're going to get arrested if we do this. But, yeah, we threw a couple of those. But, yeah, we never thought on the opposite. I think we did, I like... Uh, I, obviously, my, my memory is a little foggy. I don't know why. But uh, when we were leaving, I do remember someone actually trying to take a sign. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize that this, I guess, you know, once you give people opportunities to go on the track, it, it would be like at the end of football games. Like if you're going to let the entire sta- stadium come on to the football stadium, like you're or on the football field, you're going to have people being like, I'm going to take this bench. Yeah, <laughs> take the bench home, and that like it's one of those ideas that it's like it's a, in a snap second, like hey man, we should do this. It's like okay, yeah, 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 and then once you start actually like taking the bench home or taking the sign home, it's like all right, what's what's the point of this? Like what's our end <laughs> Where game do I here? Put this? But uh, <laughs> um, next up, Alpha Romeo boss Fred Vasseur says that they are having trouble getting Chinese sponsors signed. So, uh, you know, obviously, like, Joe Guan Yu, I think, has shown, you know, he has five points in his rookie season. It's more than Mick Schumacher. Obviously, different cars that they're driving in the rookie seasons. But, like, you know, he's a quality enough driver. He's getting good feedback, especially going into silly season. Uh, I think I read an article saying that his camp felt pretty safe in terms of, like, his seat being secured next year for Alpha. 
Um, but you know, having him in, I think a part of the draw for for Guan Yu was like having Chinese sponsors and getting Chinese money outside of just the Chinese attention that it would get. Um, and I, you know, when I was reading this article, I heard Fred say, or I saw Fred say, like, look, we're getting a lot of interest. It's just like too difficult to to go through all like the regulations that F1 has, regulations that China has to actually sign. So um, just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and speaking of sponsors. This is this is probably the story of I want to say the week, maybe month, maybe season. Um, but Rich Energy has done it again. William Story, that sneaky son of a bitch, has done it again. I'm obsessed with William Story. I'm a huge William Story guy now. Um, if you don't know the story, he owns a company called Rich Energy, um, which is supposed to be a competitor. It's a competing energy drink with Red Bull. Basically, it's like they saw Red Bull do what they did, genius marketing, and they were like, oh, we can, we'll try that. Let's give them some competition in that space. Um, and you probably won't find an energy or an energy drink can of rich energy anywhere. Um, it's like basically rumored to not exist. But yeah, they, you know, they sponsored Haas back in, I think it was 2019, and gave them the first initial payment. And after that, just like didn't pay it at all said that it was related to performance issues, but it's like, hey, we still have this contract, like you're with us for the long term, and they just pulled out so they didn't have to pay. Well, they did it again with British Superbikes. Um, like he, you know, it's it's just like typical at this point. Honestly, it's on whoever no, accepted 100%. the contract from William's story. Like you, you know, fool me. I don't think it's like a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me thing. I think it's like a, a fool me once, like shame on you, but fool me twice, you're a fucking idiot, and I'm an idiot forever, like, possibly allowing this or entertaining this. But, yeah, he's just this – he's, like, I'm obsessed with him, dude. I can't – I can't – like, I saw that happen. Went to his Twitter, saw him post a video of him driving a Renault car in Paul Ricard saying he he loved being faster than several other professional drivers around Paul Ricard. It's like, dude, I'm not even convinced you drove around the track. If you did drive around the track, there's no way you're faster than anybody who calls himself a professional just like so many things about this guy. And he was like, oh, by the way, this was right after I drank a can of Rich Energy. It's like, dude, that doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> there's so Show many the can. parts. Show us like, the can. I, yeah. Like, there's less than 300 characters in a tweet. And in one tweet, you've managed to tell like eight different lies somehow. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, as big of a scum, like, salesman, like, one of those just, like, old-time scummy salesman people, it... I don't. I don't know if you or other our listeners would remember this, but remember Vima Verve, that energy drink, <laughs> dude. Does this not have like this? I feel like he might have been the starter of Vima Verve, where it's like, hey, like we're not really an energy company. It's like, we we it's a pyramid scheme, and we're gonna kind of like this is the rich energy version of pyramid schemes, but instead of sell, having people sell the rights to sell the rights, he's just promising any type of motorsport that he will give them money get a little bit of fame and then he'll pull out last second yeah i just we were talking about like what's the end game earlier with sign stealing i don't know what his end game is because it's you would take it would take a lot to convince me that his end game is to run a successful company like that sells energy drinks and so like if his end game is to just do what he's doing and just be around paddocks and be around racing then i think maybe shit man maybe he's living the dream that he wants but yeah, this was like when I saw his name pop back up in the news, I was like, oh my God. Like, here we go again. Uh, the old, the old OG 
uh, Eaton Asphalt listeners will remember back, I think it was like episode, between episode 20 and 30 of Eaton Asphalt, um, where we did a, a story specifically about Old Willie. Uh, highly recommend that you, you go check that out. But And that'll do it for all of the many recent headlines that we had this episode. And now, Marco, why don't you take us in for a little grand preview of the Paul Ricard French Grand Prix. That was very impressive. Uh, like Ian said, we have the French Grand Prix at the circuit Paul Ricard. It is 53 laps long, 5.8 kilometers, so one of the longest on the F1 calendar. We have two DRS zones, one speed trap at the end of DRS 1. This is a very even style circuit, so there is a, a mix of high, medium, and low speed corners due to this array of corners, one of the most used test circuits in the world. With that being said, so there are like a variety of different braking and acceleration zones. So this creates just a lot of different needs for different trajectories. So this is like, like we said, like a huge impact and like lets teams know, you know, what type of braking that they need to work on, what is their strong suit. This actually has in like kind of the recent, more recent years, uh, last year, and tried to do a little bit of updates this year quite a few different overtaking opportunities as well. They're gonna be a little bit difficult. Some are kind of around uh, turn 11, which is this really, really large, 200, uh, really, really large right-hander. Most drivers are going around 290 kilometers, so super speed. I think they're getting up to five, five Gs of force uh, going against them. And on top of that, the weather is typically very nice here. So I think this, this track is great for teams you know we're gonna have good weather we're gonna have a bunch of different views a different takes of of how to test the car out what looks good on the car what needs work um, as i mentioned that that track from turn 10 to a turn 11 just a huge strong right hander which is going to be very entertaining not only is the track pretty interesting but the look of the track is very interesting too so if you look there's just these blue and red lines throughout the runoff areas on the entire track it looks almost like someone took like chalk and just had a time at it, like took a ton of Adderall and just started going to town. This is not just for looks. So these abrasive lines provide uh, a lot of vehicle deceleration. So this is actually being adopted by several, several circuits, including if you noticed in Miami had these lines as well. So just like looking at the track, like, what is this? I don't understand. Not only does the track look a little bit bizarre due to this, but one of my favorite parts of this weekend is the trophy. The trophy is probably, in my opinion, the most outlandish on the calendar. If you don't know what the if you don't know what the French Grand Prix tra uh, trophy is, it is a giant gorilla holding a Pirelli tire with the gorilla covered in the French flag colors. There's also a massive gorilla similar to him. He's like his big brother that stands next to all the drivers on the podium, still covered in the French flag's colors. This. I mean, kind of out of the woodworks. I think there's actually uh, a rule in the uh, in Formula One where it's like, you know, these trophies should be show tradition and history. For some reason, French the French got away with it. They actually had a French artist and sculptor, Richard Orlinski, design the trophy. So yeah, like we said, French artist. So maybe that's how they're like, hey, we want someone from our history to kind of put their own take on this. If you look at his other works of art, it's very similar themes, just these massive, pretty scary looking animals, like looking threatening and very weird or cool colors. So uh, it was just kind of right down his alley. Not really sure why they picked him to be the French sculptor or artist to, to design this, but I think it is a very entertaining. I have a question. Yeah, absolutely. 
is there this man? I'm gonna sound stupid for this one. There's no gorillas in France, right? Uh, I'm gonna go with a hard no. I didn't okay. look this one up, but uh, yeah, like <laughs> I was trying to before looking this up, I was like, is there like a Godzilla kind of like history with France? Um, I I thought that was like Japan. A Godzilla uh, history. <laughs> not Godzilla. Uh, King. I thought this was like a King Kong type of like. Uh, relationship. I don't know if like the the writer of King Kong came from France. Had no relation. So yeah, it was just this guy that just likes making weird things. I don't know what. I don't know how he came on the gorilla for the Paul Ricard Formula One trophy. It, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't get that type of detail. Maybe we'll have Richard on and we can just kind of pick his brain a little bit. We'd love to have him on. Uh, confirmed. I just looked it up. There are in fact no uh, gorillas naturally living in France. So well, I guess there are two now. Right, the trophy, and then the the one that stands on the podium. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bringing gorillas to France. <laughs> All, All right. right, talk about weather and let's yeah. wrap this up. Of course. All right. So yeah, speaking of weather, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all looking to be toasty. All looking to be a high of 93. Saturday is really the only day that is going to be partially cloudy. Friday, Sunday just going to be beaten down so um no issues i guess on the weather it's just going to be uh little sweaty boys in those cars yeah well, europe as a whole is hitting this massive uh, heat yeah, wave yeah. right now isn't it yep uh and i don't think a lot especially in the northern area and um most of those areas don't have uh air conditioning because they were just kind of not built on air- ac thinking that it wouldn't get this hot so yeah there's been some some major issues over there to our friends from the east yeah, wild choice of like architects and builders back in um, ancient Europe to not put AC. You know, like back in like fifteen hundred or something. It's crazy that they didn't just put an AC in the, in the buildings that they made. Yeah, they should have been like, hey, we know it's you know in hundreds and hundreds of years from now that we're gonna have a huge heat wave. So well, let's think about this now. You know, let's get this out of the way. Good stuff on the Grand Prix view. The only time the Grand Prix really fits, I guess, is when we're racing in France. It's a great prize or something like that. But uh, moving on from the Grand Prix view, let's talk about our race predictions before we send everybody into the weekend. Right now, as it stands, Marco is beating me by three points in our race predictions battle. That's a pretty hefty gap to close up, but, uh, I mean, he's had some good weekends. I'm excited to try to have some good weekends myself as this is a very skill-based competition. But, Marco, um, you picked – or, I sorry, I picked first last time, so you go ahead and pick first this time. Who do you think will crash your DNF? Yeah, I just – I want to stir up some controversy. I want to stir up some uh, some rumor mills. I'm going to go with crash DNF Danny Ricardo. Okay. I mean, honestly, that makes sense. My crash DNF is going to be uh, Yuki Tsunoda just seems like Red Bull and AlphaTauri don't have a very good reliability situation in their Honda engines, but uh, put me down for Yuki. And then winner, you picked him last weekend. I'm picking him this weekend. Give me Charles Leclerc for a winner. I'm chalking. Love Chalk it. boy. I will join you on the chalk. I'm going to go with Max Verstappen. Uh, my last place, I am going to have an haven't said his name in a while actually um but yeah i feel like it'd be perfect to bring him back nick latifi even though that he has a he is the one getting the massive williams upgrade this weekend uh for some reason i just i mean i know he's mr q3 now everyone's saying but uh yeah i don't think he's gonna pull it off this time 
Yeah, and it's funny because normally with teams, when they bring upgrades um, to tracks, the, their drivers like do a little bit better. With Williams, it's really cool because when they bring upgrades, their driver does way worse. So I think that's probably the correct pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Lance Stroll just because I don't think he's has high very has very high confidence right now. Um, very low points, especially compared to last season. Um, and so, yeah, put me down for a Lance Stroll last place. Make an old Papa proud. He's got three points this year. Isn't that crazy? He's got as Jesus many points Christ. as Alex Albon. Right. Wow. <laughs> I would love to see him in the back rooms. I'm sure he. I'm sure he's handling this all very, very well. Yeah, super calm, not entitled piece of shit at all. <laughs> Just really calm, cool, and collected there. Uh, next prediction, driver of the day. Put me down for George. I think uh, Mercedes is... Getting scary, I think, and I think Lewis is still testing out some stuff on his car, so put me down for George, driver of the day, gets on the podium, just has a whole, whole day in France. Maybe gets laid by one of those nice French ladies. Okay. Uh, strange, strange little aside there, but um, I'm going to go with my driver of the day. I'm going to try to live into that French pride. I'm going to get a French-backed engine. I'm going to go with Fernando Alonso. I didn't decide. Okay. I was trying to figure out which one I should choose. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the one that has been probably clearly better this entire this entire year. Uh, my douche of the day. Douche of the day brought to you by Summer's E. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to double down, actually. My douche of the day is going to be, you uh, You picked him for your crash or DNF. I'm going to take him for my douche. I'm going to go with Yuki Sonoda. Oh, like that. I'm going with his teammate, Pierre Gasly. Um, so yeah, let's hope for, you know, if one of these Alpha Tower boys have some kind of like uh, douchey activity, um, at least we can say, hey, we were close enough. But uh, I was I was really close to actually putting Pierre as my driver of the day, but just how poor he's done. I, I'm, I was like, French driver, maybe you go with that. And I was just like, this is just, this is ridiculous to, to assume <laughs> that. So I cannot do that. So yeah, went with the, the French backed engine. Love it. Um, for the next prediction, it's my favorite, the wild card prediction. I'm going to say that uh, this is Mercedes' first double podium of the year. I think they've teased it enough. George has hopped on the podium a couple times. Lewis has gotten on, what, twice in the last two races? So, um, yeah, I think that they are really starting to put it together as Mercedes. A lot of people said, like, at the beginning of the season that they probably would. But uh, I think now is you're actually seeing like performance behind those claims, and so yeah, give me uh, first double podium of the year for Mercedes. Yeah, hundred percent think that's fair. I actually had Mercedes double podium, and I was like, the way they've been going the last two weeks, I don't know if this is like too easy. And then I initially then had Mercedes podium with one winning, and I was like, oh, then this is just way too much. So then I completely changed my, my wildcard prediction. <laughs> uh, so my wildcard prediction, I'm going to uh, continue on this French love. I'm going to do at least one Alpine on the podium. So maybe we both can get right, you know? Merck gets on to... Could you imagine a, a Merck, Alpine Merck podium? I, I, I would love to see that. And, I, you know, man, like, they have speed. Like, Alpine is best of the rest right now. I mean, they just finally passed McLaren, but, like, that's with some, some like, troubles early on. And I think they're, like, their car is probably one of the more underrated cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, yeah, I don't, I, don't really, I don't hate that at all. I think you need some luck up front, but it's definitely possible. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, fastest lap, I'm going to go with Charles. 
Nice. I'll go with Lewis for my fastest lap, and I will go both win and pole for Charles. So Lewis fastest lap, Charles pole position. You know what? I love that, and I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go with Max, pole, and winner. I love that. All right. I love the doubling down. It adds so much more. It's like you got, It's like basically putting a parlay on where you just have that added pressure. So love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm riding that parlay high with the, the Carlos a couple weeks ago, so I'm just going to just keep yeah. riding high, baby. All right. Well, that'll finish up our race predictions. Before we send the people into La Casale, any last words from Marco? I don't. All right. Well, everybody, appreciate everybody listening. As all, we appreciate everybody listening as always, and we will see you after the French Grand Prix. Voulez-vous? See you, assholes. See you, assholes. See you, assholes. <laughs>